Welcome to Open Source Sustainability. I'm Alex Lassiter, CEO of Green Places. On this show, I talk with sustainability leaders to learn how companies are adapting their business models to be in line with sustainability goals. We believe sustainability has to be open source to be successful, and these leaders have offered us a glimpse inside their strategies in the hopes that we can all move forward together. We're fascinated by some of the unique challenges these sustainability leaders face and are excited to dive deeper. In this episode, I'm talking with Annie Field, Head of Community Impact at Contentful, a content management platform that enables companies to create, manage, and distribute content seamlessly. While helping businesses build and deliver digital experiences, Contentful is also driving positive change within the tech industry. Contentful has set ambitious sustainability goals, including achieving carbon neutrality and becoming a zero waste company. They actively encourage remote work, to minimize commuting-related emissions and embrace sustainable travel practices and are dedicated to ensuring that their supply chain and vendor partnerships align with their sustainability values. I'm excited to talk more about how they're shaping sustainability in tech. Annie, thank you so much for joining us um, on Open Source Sustainability. Very, very excited to have you. I guess to, to start off, would would love to hear a little bit about yourself and your role and then talk to us a little bit about you know, who, who is contentful? Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I am over the moon to be, this is my podcast debut. I am the community, the head of community impact for contentful. And I oversee our uh, volunteer strategy, our pro bono program and our climate strategy. Um, so that is, that is my current billing. My whirlwind background was I spent a decade in the nonprofit sector doing everything from um, food banking to low-income housing, refugee resettlement, microfinance. Um, and about six years ago, I moved into tech. Well, congratulations. Um, Thank you. It's quite a journey to get to that point. And, you know, I think uh, it, it's funny, I, I, in seeing your title, it includes a number of acronyms related from CSR to ESG. Um, but ultimately, I feel like a lot of these things are related to the same thing, which is, you know, today businesses can't just purely think about maximizing the the bottom line. Um, it's about optimizing for our total impact beyond the revenue that we make, but how we serve customers, employees, you know, investors, stakeholders, and things like that. But I am really curious, given the fact that you moved from nonprofit world to profit world, um, I'm just curious, and I want to dive in a little bit more on that, but but what is, like, I guess at the beginning, what is the biggest difference that you feel like driving impact in the nonprofit world and then driving impact in the for-profit world? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, it's it's funny that there, some things are very the same and some things are very different. So um, for one, I think in the nonprofit world, you know, when I, when I came into it, it was like, um, if I want to make a change in the world, my job is the easiest vehicle to do that because I will be there eight plus hours a day. So eight hours a day of, of social good and utility equals more impact. Um, so this is the best way to like have positive change in the world. Um, and then, you know, as I went on and I got older and you would like encounter more people like, oh, some people in the nonprofit sector are very jaded, rightly so. They've been doing really hard work for a really long time, likely slightly underpaid or underbenefited. Um, and so then I came over into the corporate side and it was interesting because, you know, there's similarities in the sense of, um, I think people are looking for like that, still that purpose, right? And we can say, oh, our purpose is to meet customer needs. And, and, and as a um, person of the business, I'm like, yes. And as a human in the world, I'm like, 
is that all we get? Like, is that the best we can do? Is like, you know, I'm going to spend all these finite heartbeats, like serving a customer that seems a little bleak. So I think this look for this, like everybody is looking for that purpose mountain, right? That's something deeper. And the revelation to me was, how do you find that in the corporate side? Uh, if you're not just having eight hours a day devoted in your job description that says you can do that. Absolutely. Like I will always uphold the work of nonprofit workers. They do such critical and important work. Um, and I think it would be, you know, I always say like my utopia is not that we all quit and go join nonprofits. My utopia is that wherever you land in whatever sector you find a way to do, um, have positive change and, and be a part of something bigger. The other part that's been interesting is, you know, I, I used to joke, if you've ever looked at job descriptions in the nonprofit world, um, it'll be like, we want a master's degree and you're going to be the head of marketing and fundraising and run our website and, you know, manage 40 like clients. Um, and we're going to pay you $45,000 a year. Wow. That's, that's like a dollar. That's a lot. That's a lot under one umbrella. Um, cut over to the corporate side. I will say, I love my company. They have great benefits. Um, they take good care of me. And I think in the ESG and community impact space, there's a similar sort of like long list of things to do that we're putting under one position. Um, so I've been kind of joking and saying like my nonprofit roots are serving me well. Um, because even volunteer strategy, pro bono strategy, and climate strategy under one person to start. And I know, you know, we have big plans to grow, but that's also a tall order. Um, a lot. So that's, that's been helpful. So before we get too much into this, because I, I really want to dive more into that, uh, talk to me a little bit about con- Contentful. Who Who is Contentful? What do y'all provide, you know, to customers? Um, and then we can kind of walk from there into what does sustainability mean to a company like that? But tell us a little bit more about the company. Yeah, so Contentful is we are a content management platform. Uh, and so we we sit in your tech stack, right? Um, and we are, if we do our job well, we are where all of your content sits and we can push your content out to different endpoints. So as I give this brief explanation, and keep in mind, I used to be in sales, I can already hear technical people being like, that's not what we do. Like, oh my gosh, my ears are bleeding as she described this. Um, but basically, let's say that you're a business and you have your website um, and you also have your mobile app. And currently, what it would look like for you to have content is you need to push that out to the web. So you probably have some web developers doing that. Um, You have content editors and you look at it. If you have an app, you also need to have your app developers who are taking care of that. Um, And a lot of back and forth with those editors. And then them trying to sync up and make sure that what you see in the app and what you see on the website actually matches each other is a lot of manpower and back and forth. Um, so we work in like the headless content management space, which means all of your content sits in our platform and you can connect using APIs to different outputs. Um, so that cuts down on the number of developers, the number of editors you need. Um, people can just do it in our platform and then push it out to all the different points that they need. So, um, at the end of the day, we're like really awesome plumbing, uh, that connects your content where it needs to go. So we, we're not creating your content or writing your content for you. Um, but where where it sits and where you can push it out to all these different endpoints. And as far as the company goes, um, we were actually we were founded in Berlin. So we had two co-founders. I have a, a phenomenal co-founding story, but they're really the ones, um, particularly uh, Sasha and Paolo are our co-founders. Sasha is the one who's been like this phenomenal champion for um, our concept of handprints and footprints. And as he's grown and, and developed the business, he's been like, look, business needs to be a vehicle for like broader good in the community. And when you think of our footprints, like our climate and our footprint that we leave in the world and our handprints, how do we shape the world? How do we shape our communities? Um, so it's been cool because we've had these great tenants of our program that just got formalized this year under um, 
under the creation of my role and under us signing the 1% pledge back in August. That's great. I, I've, I love the footprints and handprints um, analogy. We had the we had kind of the functional head of ESG and sustainability at a company called Yext recently as another software as a service business. And in, 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 in more words than that, he described a lot of this journey of first understanding our impact and then second understanding our opportunity. And it's this chance that tech companies, you know, albeit not the largest um, producers of, of carbon, um, you know, on the planet um, have this unique opportunity to help others um, and to to help make this available to people and to inspire the movement and to just use the relationships and like where we sit on the planet to be able to help maximize um, the impact that all of our vendors and customers and employees can make. Um, so so maybe talk to me a little bit about why is why is contentful uh, a content plumbing system? Uh, why okay, why are you all thinking about same? Why is this a part of it? Like why why now you're not the biggest you're not the biggest producers of emissions on the block by any means. Why are, why are y'all tackling sustainability and, and what does this mean to, you know, where's this coming from? Yeah. So I, it's a great question. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's one of those that like, yeah, from a growth standpoint, it, it isn't like, we're not the most mature one, uh, in the space written industry. So the why now and the urgency around it. Um, I also think, you know, Sasha at our, at our last company kickoff, he was telling a story about, um, one of their very early use cases with, with Jack in a box when Jack and Box would get new employees, they would like print out this massive training manual and they would send it to everybody. Um, and that's, you know, how they maintained updates and they would send it all out. And then the realization that they could take that um, and that using our platform, which can also do localization based on languages and everything, um, that they could have these endpoints and say, hey, it, it can be digital. You know, like it's it's kind of like the, the classic, we cut down on reams of paper and those are all these trees that we are saving. So it's one anecdote, but I think that that, you know, planted the seed to say, oh my gosh, like many tech platforms, we have the ability in the nature of our product um, to have this this really positive impact on climate and sustainability. You know, the, the value proposition of part of our, our whole platform uh, are these things that we can do to reduce costs, which as we know, often then also comes with a reduced carbon footprint. So I really think it's like in, in our bones and our DNA, um, and then trying to now formalize it and say, hey, what does it what does it look like to not just say, well, it's good enough that it's built into the platform, but as a maturity point, and as we, you know, like all the rumors of well, what li- what lies in the future for us, is it just seems like whether you're talking about it from being compliant in Europe. So again, um, we have a hub in Berlin. That's where we were founded. And so we're really going to have to be compliant with legislation coming in 2024, 2025. Um, so it's like, let's do the right thing and let's let's not wait until you know yep. we have to do it, but let's get out in front of it now. I think that's smart. Um, and I think uh, one of the things that I like about this is um, there's a real like pragmatism to this to some extent, right? When you're helping a client like Jack in the Box or another business do this, you're helping them operate more efficiently. And you're right. There are most people, lots of people, I think sometimes view sustainability as this premium. It's if I'm going to do this, you know, it's going to either, it's going to, it's being a cost center. Like it's going to cost me a lot. So if I'm going to do this, it needs to really be good because this will make us unprofitable or this is going to, we're going to have to pull up our bootstraps in other places. But there's many cases in, in, in like what you're discussing where, being making the more sustainable choice for the planet is actually also one that helps you save money. It's like connecting the dots between reducing dollars and emissions, just wasting less. 
Yeah. You know, and I think that's something that a lot of people I feel like don't see as much. I think the, the reams of paper is a good example of that, but maybe not as much in the application of, of training platforms. Um, I think Absolutely. that's really smart to think about it that way. And it makes it easier for people to do. Yeah, I agree. You know, it may, maybe this is a, a a piece from your coming from the nonprofit side to the, the the for-profit side. These are things that are also really good for business as well. So is one of the things that you've you've had to had to do as you've moved from a nonprofit to a for-profit, do that work to say, hey, we can connect the sustainability goal to the business goals. How much of that is on your shoulders of how do I connect these two things between dollars and tons or, you know, dollars and impact? Yeah. Yeah, it's been really interesting because I think, um, you know, as as I'm coming to find out, um, like many things, at the 30,000-foot view, everyone's like, yes, we love impact, we want to help communities, we want to save the earth, and you're like, we're all in agreement about what that looks like. And as is the case with many things in the real world, if you're like, okay, on the count of three, let's all say how we're going to do that. And on the count of three, everyone blurts out wildly different strategies. And you're like, wow, okay. So <laughs> love that we all see where we want to go. There is not alignment and agreement about how we're going to get there. So that's where I'm like, enter any field. Let's have some conversations about how what steps we're actually going to take. Um, and it's it's interesting too, because it you know, reminds me a lot of the nonprofit work of, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with NIMBYism, right? Like not in my backyard. So like, yes, we should help homeless people just like, keep it away from my house. You know, like not my neighborhood shouldn't do it, but like somebody's should. So I think it's one of the, it's a, it's a similar phenomenon of, you know, you start having conversations and you're like, okay, let's talk about carbon reduction. And, and people are like, well, you know, but we're going to have to travel. I mean, that's just a part of it. Like they start to get protective of like, yeah, you should go talk to that apartment or that department about what they can do, but like, don't come at me, you know? So I think it's really sort of a, it's, it's like reframing the conversation this is also where I'm really grateful, you know, looking back, had you ever told me I was going to end up in sales enablement, I would have been like, wrong crystal ball. I don't think I'm your girl for sales enablement. I am so, so thankful for the time that I've spent in sales enablement and learning sales and learning the business side, uh, because my best path to success, it's a deal, right? It's a big deal that I'm trying to put together. I'm trying to bring stakeholders on board. We're trying to get alignment. Um, and so, you know, that mentality and really thinking of yourself as a problem solver and getting other people to buy in um, is, to me, how you become just an altruistic, nice to have add on to the business versus baked into the culture of what we do with people really seeing the value. Um, and so I think that there's a bit of the, you know, taking a beat to bring people on board and say, like, no, I'm not coming to shut down your travel budget. Like, that's like, we will need to look at what our carbon footprint is. But there's a lot of things that we can do um, from a business perspective that are going to not only be good for the climate um, and be good for our social mission, but also be good for the business. Um, so I, I think that that is like, that's just been an interesting um, mm -hmm. way to try to approach the work. Do you find yourself um, floating around between different departments? I mean, there's a lot of... The, the thing about sustainability, I feel like, is so hard is, like you said, you have so many hats, but you have to communicate across a lot of different, pretty entrenched business verticals between the needs of sales, the needs of finance, the needs of customers, needs of tech, yeah, executive needs. Do you find yourself just like playing a like a, a mediator between all of that? Like, how do you? Because I have to imagine that you're having to connect a lot of dots for a lot of different stakeholders constantly. Yeah, so it's been it's been an interesting shift for me in my own mindset 
um, as well as just, you know, how I approach the work. So I currently sit in our people team um, and I have my boss is a phenomenal champion um, and figuring out, it it took me a minute to get out of the mindset of um, I need to make the case to the lens of my department versus this is a, this is a, business position. I mean, I'm the head of community impact. It's a global position. So still respect, you know, the authority of your department. Um, but me doing my job means that I'm really spread out over every single department. So, um, and, and the way that the position was designed it, like I have to be right. So, um, with compliance and reporting, like that's really coming, that's really a legal issue, um, with cost savings, like that's a real financial thing that's coming up with our own customers asking us, um, for all of us to fill out RFPs talking about, well, what, you know, what is your documentation on sustainability and what do you have? That's a real field organization, um, sales organization function. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's been, you know, I've been calling it sort of like my grassroots campaign, like in the ideal world, you know, the executives would like wave their magic wands that I know they don't have and be like, ta-da, like we put all other business functions on hold just to double down on everything we put in your position. And the reality is, um, everybody wants to help again, 30,000 foot view, but when it comes to the details and the implementation, um, I'm very much doing my grassroots, you know, okay, go to the director of ethics and compliance, um, and work with him on this. Okay. Go over to the person who's running our RFP software and talk about the clauses that we have around our CSR language. Um, and, and it is, it is more work. Um, but I would like to think that that's how you build something that has state power, right? Cause then it isn't just, one person said we do one thing, and if they change their mind, the, it crumbles. Um, it's I, I tell everybody my my success is laying myself over everybody else's business objectives. Um, that's how you get like sticky CSR and ESG. One of the ways somebody described to me one time is I think there's a corporate tendency to to make sustainability like a vertical function, meaning I can hire Annie. And we can solve this. But in reality, it's a horizontal function. It's a piece of everybody else's goals. And it has its unique expertise and sometimes unique data to be able to help influence it. But you're right. It's legal needs to know some things, but not everything. People ops needs to know some things, but not everything. And it's sort of like going in department by department, helping them understand what the stuff is. But it's not this sort of isolated vertical like you can do with a lot of other business functions, which makes it challenging. But you're right. It also... It also makes it pretty core to what people, how people will build businesses in the next 20 years. Cause the things that you're mentioning between compliance, which is obviously a very big deal, um, between, um, customer contracts. So you're seeing this and stuff in RFPs and part of contract deals with folks. Are you seeing that with like, like any specific types of companies? Like who's requiring this stuff in terms of RFPs? You know, it's, it's, and personally, I think it's awesome because it isn't limited to just one vertical or one company size. We've had smaller companies who are like, what are your commitments? What are your science-based targets? Like, when are you, you know, show me, send me the documentation. Um, and then we have large enterprise deals who are, you know, like we're competing with big shops out there and and they're like looking for exhaustive RFP processes and they want to see what our, our commitments are. Um and that to me has just been, I mean, if ever there was a business case for climate change, um, that's probably been one of the most like uh, heartening, uplifting pieces to me is, you know, when everyone's like, well, what can I do? I'm just a small whatever. And you're like, 
ask your supply chain, ask your vendors, tell them. And it doesn't have to be an outright, like we refuse to do business with anyone, but they have grading skills, you know, and, and we get dinged and it makes us less competitive in the eyes of our customers. Um, so that's been awesome. And again, just to see it from everything from other tech companies, all the way to fashion industry, um, car companies, like across the gamut, people have been asking for it and looking for it. Um, and so, you know, selfishly, I'm like, however much money we invest into our climate strategy, I'm like probably starting to make bets I might not be able to cash in. But I'm like, I guarantee we'll bring in, you know, a $5 million deal that's going to have paid off what we invested. Um, but I really believe that. And I really think that if enough people do it, like that's the whole point, right? Is that we all agree this is just how business should be done. So somebody asked me one time uh, on the same subject, they said, you know, don't you think that's wrong, you know, for a company to get like a benefit like that? you know, for doing this, doesn't that feel like greenwashing? I said, no, I mean, isn't that kind of like what we want? Like, you know, for decades, companies have gotten benefit for polluting the planet, you know, or gotten benefits for doing the wrong thing. Like, don't we want to be in a world where if you do the right things and you can, you don't have to be perfect, but you can at least be transparent and report it that you actually win contracts. And it does yeah. become something where business and the planet sort of aligns together. That That's when you unlock, like, to me, like real adoption beyond beyond the obvious view of folks that are kind of branded in that way, I think this is more about a mass market thing of like, how does everybody else begin here? And that makes a ton yeah. of sense. Yeah. And, and I love to think about that. You know, I always say like, I, I'm not, I'm not a big one for sort of like the, the litmus test or the purity tests of like, you know, well, like absolutely greenwashing, not good. And, and, and we need to not have people just having hollow statements that placate. And on the spectrum of people who are like, look, I'll do this, but I'm only doing it so that we win more deals. I'm like, great. You know, come have a seat at the table all the way to the other end of the spectrum or the purity players of like, we have to do it because, you know, and I'm a like ardent supporter of everything. And you're like, yeah, well, good. We're, we're all aligned then. Again, that means we have a real goal that we're all really marking towards, even though we have different reasons for doing it. I like the idea of aligning those goals and those objectives with everybody. If you can help everybody understand where it is, then it becomes the, it becomes the, of course we would do this motion. It doesn't mean the hey, we have to go buy something or we go have to go invest into it. It's like, of course, we're going to do this. Just like, of course, my company is going to be SOC 2 compliant because if we're not, we don't treat data very well. We're not going to win any contracts and we're going to open ourselves up to risk. Of course, we're going to do this other stuff related to impact and sustainability, you know, environmental footprints. Like we're going to do that because of course you would because everybody wants us to do it and it's going to make us a better company. It's going to make us hire better, win more deals, be more valuable as a business. And I think that's great. What is the hardest part about mobilizing this? Because we we have a lot of folks that I think listen to this podcast who, like ourselves, have the heart here. They know they want to do this stuff. It's not like I didn't know this was something that's important, but they do have a tough time aligning those objectives. If you were to talk to somebody in your shoes maybe 12 months ago who didn't have the system built out um, but was looking to try to activate this in their own business, who's the first department that you go to? And what do you say to them to be able to to create to the executive leadership? This is in line with what we have to do anyway. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I also am like twelve months ago. What about like four months ago? I mean, I'm like, if there's something that I could <laughs> sorry, do, four months ago no, is fine. No, I, yeah, I totally. I, I I so want to iterate. It's funny because I I used to so I used to teach. Um, it's called the Business Launch Bootcamp. Shout out to Rocky Mountain Microfinance Institute. Uh, it was, it's a great nonprofit that I worked for. Um, and, and I was a practitioner of microfinance and I taught people how to start running their business and clients would always come and they would say, 
oh, you know, but let's just say they they sold burritos. Well, I might not, I'm, I'm, I'm not the best burrito maker out there. So why will my business make it? And I always used to say, you don't have to be the best one out there, but you need to be the one doing it. Like by default, if you commit and you follow through on this and you show up every day, I would, I would wager that you're already in the 80th percentile because you didn't drop out, right? Because you didn't say like, it's too hard. And like, objectively, someone else may have the better recipe to do it. And if they're sitting in their basement and they never act on it, well, guess what? <laughs> like Now you're, you're the top burrito person. Um, so I think that that feels like that's sort of the mindset that I embrace sometimes of like, are there people better equipped for like the strategy or with better framework than me? Absolutely. Like I would be the first to say, like I am learning on the daily in this job, particularly when it comes to climate strategy and I'm the one doing it. Right. So that, so there's something to be said for like that persistence. Um, and I would, for me, um, you know, I, I came with the advantage of, I've never made a, a role shift of going from one totally different job to another within a company. Um, so it's sort of like you get the cheat sheet, right? When you started a new business and you're like, you have no idea all the politics and dynamics. I came with that blueprint already in mind. So I got a lot of speed when I started. And in terms of like what department, where do you go? Where do you start? Um, I probably to a foolhardy degree, my advice is start, like start somewhere, start, have the conversation. If you know somebody, float it to them and say, you know, hey, why should legal be caring about this? And I, I start all my meetings telling everybody, I don't know what I don't know. Don't assume that I have any, you know, expertise or domain coming from, from your side of the fence um, and tell me why this isn't going to work. Um, and it's been really fruitful because I think um, people, people really want to help. Fortunately, like knock on wood, I haven't encountered many climate deniers that are like, get out of here. This is a fool's errand. Okay. Um, and, and then I think you slowly, like, you know, you start putting the puzzle pieces together um, and you start to reveal who your real champions are. And there's a lot of people who want to help, but they don't have the bandwidth or they want to help, but they, you know, aren't a decision maker or a position of authority but they often have knowledge that's also valuable. So to me, it's it was less of the like, what's the right starting point and just um, not letting the paralysis uh, overtake you of saying like, well, I don't know the right starting point, so I just won't start anywhere. So I think that that's probably the biggest one. And then as you go, you fill in the pieces and you come to find, you know, what what are the things really holding people up? And what I've come to find is everybody wants to help and everybody's afraid of one more thing being put on their plate right now. So they're like, I'm all about this. I'm all in. Um, but like, please don't come knocking. Ask, you know, like I've already got my like. I can't do anything else. <laughs> yeah, like I'll sign what you need. And, like, you know, I can do an hour or two here. So, you know, I think that wherever you start, take the ball as far as you can. Do as much of that legwork for them. Set up the agenda. Like, have your specific asks. Um, have as close as you can to saying, look, th this is specifically what I need from you. I need this data. Um, I need to know that your team can integrate this one thing for me. And then like, I promise I'll, you know, I'll go some, I'll go to a different department. So yeah. And I think that as you have those conversations, it becomes apparent to you like, well, what, what is, what is the reason your company hasn't done this so far? You'll, you'll start to hone in on like the truth of things. Um, and then again, I, you know, I credit the sales enablement background be like the first, the first objection you get is seldom the real objection about why people um, aren't aren't like dropping everything to come help you. It's interesting. I think uh, one, I feel like I can just see the nonprofit background coming out of just the resourcefulness of like, 
how do you do something with one one hundredth the amount of resources that you actually need to do it? Like, like you just you just start. Like that's it. Like it's the same way yeah. you like eat an elephant. You just get one piece at a time. Totally. Um, the other thing is is you know, and I I think about this. I guess I laugh to myself at this a lot. Is like every year I keep thinking this has got to be one of the hardest years to 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 be in tech or to run a business you know, and then it's like the next year, it just gets harder or more confusing, (laughs) you know, and it just never really does get easier. But I I mean, there's a lot of, I have a lot of empathy in that perspective. People are overwhelmed because you're right. There's like, profits are constrained right now. Like growth is hard. Valuations are, 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 are very much different than they were a year and a half ago. That has real implications for businesses and it can be harder. So there is a ton of layoffs. It's not like this is going to get solved in three months. Um, at the same time, you have these realities of of the planet that aren't going anywhere. And I think there's half of the camp that just says, we just need to scream louder, you know, and and every and and then people will realize. But the conversations I have with folks is similar to yours. It's like everybody I talk to pretty much says, I get it. Like I know I want to, but it's one of those things where you have, we know we need to do this, but our resources are dwindling. And I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, and then what? Like, it's not going to get easier next year. But so what do you do? You either scream louder, you give up, or you just get started and do what you can. And that's just it. You just got to get started. And as you do, you learn. As you said, you'll find champions. You'll find people that can do a little bit here and there. But I'm a big believer in your mentality around this. I think just like like getting people together, being practical, like taking the ball as far as you can so that people don't have to do everything on themselves. And that's how things get started, whether it's sustainability, whether it's impact, whether it's anything in a business. It just starts by starting. And that's it. We used to call it the uh, the Patagonia effect, which is everybody, I, we talked to so many people and they would just say like, we're not this. It's like, we're not Patagonia. We're not Starbucks. We're not Meta. We're not, it's like, of course you're not. Like, <laughs> you think those things like happen overnight? That's hard. And no one's expecting you to. But get start. everybody can start. Everybody can do one thing, you know? And if everybody does one thing, everybody takes one step forward, we're, we're a million miles ahead of where we were, you know, six months ago. Yeah. I, I joke with my, you know, some of my friends that I talk about like, oh, how's the job going? And on my frustrating days, I'd like, you know, I just want to put everybody in a room and be like, I want to show you this little film you may remember. It's called An Inconvenient Truth. And like, let's talk about why this is an urgency, you know, because like that, that's the cynical side. Like you said, you want yeah. to be shouting in the wind and you're like what do you mean this doesn't impact you? Like last I checked, we were all citizens of planet earth. So I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure this impacts you. And I get it. Like in your day to day, you know, everybody is like trying to do, everybody is trying to do more with less and, and me showing up and asking for one more thing. But the good news is, is I, you know, I I'm lucky because I, I say I get to see the best of contentful every day. I get to see people raising their hand being like, I want to volunteer. I want to do this thing for a pro bono customer. I really care. Like how can I in my own time help for this initiative? which like, love me some sales enablement. Nobody ever raised their hand being like, how do I just help with sales enablement? You know, their mission, I'd love to on my own time. And you're like, eh. Well, it's, it's probably the same thing for your solution too, right? I mean, you can build the world's greatest product, but until you can explain it to somebody in a way that they can understand it and they can see that it aligns with their goals, you know, that's the only way it actually happens. I mean, the best products in the world if developed in a vacuum and nobody can communicate it. It doesn't happen there either. So this is this is just like anything else. Somebody we we met with somebody the other day. He said, you know, 
I, I really, per- he's the CEO. I said, I really personally care about this. Like I really do. So you don't have to explain that to me, but, but I employ 50,000 people. My, my employees need to put food on the table tonight. And so it's not that this issue isn't relevant. It's not even that this issue isn't important. It's just, there are a lot of issues. And in order for me to do anything, it, you have to do the work. You have to bring it to me in a way that makes sense to be able to satisfy multiple of my goals. I can't just do it just for the sake of doing it. You've got to be smarter than that. And I always think is like, okay, that's great. This is a challenge. It's a problem. It's a, it's an obstacle you've got to figure out. And that is sales enablement. I mean, that is exactly what that is. So, okay. So this is one of the questions I love to ask because, you know, Contentful, I mean, y'all do so many different things. You're in such a unique place. Love the mission of what you're trying to do in terms of footprints and handprints. What is the most unique challenge that you've faced in this industry? Like, what is something that you've had to come across to say that this is, Maybe as you're doing it, you think, I, I can't imagine anyone else has had to, to, to deal with this challenge. Mm. Yeah. So I think um, something that has been really awesome is that, uh, you know, this, like, there's the pillars of what I do. So volunteer, pro bono, climate. Um, and we signed a 1% pledge, which is awesome. And outside of that, you know, people are like, we're so excited that you're here. And I'm still doing a lot of education around like, well, what does that even mean? Like, what do I do? And what do we, and so there has been, I, I have dealt with such a broad spectrum of people wanting to make impact, which I love because my, my ask to everybody at the end of the day is like, for the love of God, put good in the world. I don't care if you're going to go pull weeds. I don't care if you are like a technical wizard, who's going to volunteer with a pro bono customer to help accelerate their time to launch on this project. I don't care if you're the one that approves my full, you know, like we're going to like purchase the whole Amazon rainforest. We're not going to do that. But if we did, if someone could approve that budget, like whatever you can do, go do it. The world needs more good. The, in response to that, the, the spectrum of things that I've gotten that people care about is like, I think in the same day, you know, I got, someone was like, Hey, are you the right one to send this to? And it was like a handwritten note, a solicitation from somebody running like the Korean arts festival in Denver, Colorado, where I'm located, like, can you help sponsor like our event coming up? And it was like them soliciting funds to be like, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like a handwritten letter to a corporation. Oh my gosh. And then like an hour later, I'm on the phone with our investors talking about like, what's our ESG strategy and our KPIs. Um, And then, you know, the next day is like, I have people, the things I found out about are there like, um, you know, volunteer like gaming competitions that someone's like, can I use my volunteer hours to enter in this, you know, like, like online gaming competition, like, okay. And then people are like, can we donate like parkas to someone's school soccer team? I'm like, oh my gosh. So the, the like the scope of things that people want to do is some days like comical. And in my head, I'm like, y'all, like, if I had a staff of 50, we could entertain a lot more than we can, but like, I got to stay in my scope for now. Um, and it's also just like, so, um, affirming that people care about their communities and they look at the title community impact and they're like, Oh, clearly that means we would do this thing. That's important to me. Um, and so I always say that like, you know, if I do my job well, uh, then I will be able to harness the wind of, we call them contentful eras. I'll be able to harness the wind of contentful eras and like let them steer the ship of impact. I'm like the project manager and the alignment maker. And so, but I, I tell you, I mean, the spectrum of the requests that I get of people that in their minds, they're just like, man, if there's one thing we could do, it would totally be like 
you know, this like donating to this um, Korean arts festival, which again, I'm kind of like, I don't quite see the alignment and unlocking digital content. And, but. but I kind of love that because what it says is impact impact is universally requested or universally important, yes. but it's also universally independent. Like yes. everyone is going to have their different view of whatever it is. And the challenge of this role is like, I mean, technically anything is possible. I mean, to some extent, it could be empowering the the Korean Arts Festival, you know, locally in Denver. It certainly totally. could. And who's to say that it isn't the most impactful use? And that's the part that's so challenging, but it's great because you've got so much to work with. Yeah. Because part of this is about trying to create something I'm imagining. You know, you have, you have a specific number of hours that you can work. I'm sure you're trying to find more if you can, but it's where do you spend that to be able to maximize the impact? It's like a, like a different ROI, like a return on impact. Yes. You know, if you have one minute to spend, where can you make the most universal impact to the most people to drive the furthest with the limited resources you have? Because the only two things you can guarantee is that there's an unlimited amount of things you can do. And there's an unlimited amount of, or I guess there's an extremely limited amount of time that you yeah. can spend to do it. Yeah. So um, we're kind of getting towards the end of this. This has been an awesome conversation. I feel like I've gotten through like two of the hundred questions that I would have liked to ask you. Maybe we think about this in the in the next in the next year. Is there anything that anyone can do for you, whether they're customers of Contentful, whether they're employees, investors, stakeholders, whatever it is? What can someone do to help you achieve your mission faster? Like, if there was one thing that somebody could do, what what would it be? Yeah, I think um, you know, I I. <laughs> I make this ask, both I like I realize it's a double-edged sword. Um, and I am earnest when I say people who approach the relationship, you know, with contemplative community impact as a partnership. Um, and you know, I one of the the very first customer call that I had in this role, um, someone reached out and was like, Hey, this customer they want to talk about sustainability. Um, and I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, th- this is it. This is my this is my debut customer call as head of community impact. Here we go. And I come on, I have my notes and how we're gonna work together and how we're gonna partner. And they basically they were like, Hey, where's your reporting? And I was like, Oh, hey, we're working on it. Like we actually had, you know, our scope like one, two, three missions, and then the company we were using went under, and so we've had a little pause, but we're getting back on track. Um, and and so I was like, So that's coming, but you know, what else can we do? And they were pretty much like, that's kind of all we want. And I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> I, I felt a little shot down. Like it was, you know, like a half an hour call. And I have my notebook and we're like eight minutes in and they're just kind of like, no, nah, we're good. You know, like I just need some numbers. And I'm like, sweet. Well, then never mind. Um, but as I'm like earnestly putting into RFPs right now, you know, people are saying, what's your sustainability program? I put together documentation. I said, here's our milestones. Here's what we're doing. Here's where we're heading. And I mean it when I say I'm looking for you to help us partner into not just like make this like a big, I get it. Again, going back to like everybody is strapped and has a million, you know, KPIs and OKRs and they're all trying to drive towards and they're like, just give me the data. And I'm over here and I'm like, I'm looking for serious partners and thought leaders who like, how cool would it be? Like I'm new enough and naive enough to be like, let's all work together. Um, but I'm over the moon at the thought of like the first RFP that comes back that that they, you know, they're like, hey, look you got a D on the RFP because you're not as, as advanced, but we're going with you anyways, because we have the ability to help shape your sustainability program with like, that would be a total win for me. And I, and that that's coming around too with pro bono customers. 
Um, so we have we have over 250 pro bono customers using our platform for free. They're phenomenal. Um, and I'm and to me, they're just like this untapped gold mine of customer stories of how are they using us? And and I I sent out, a, you know, I got myself a little Calendly link and sent it out and was like, meet with me. Like, I want to know, how are you using us? How can we better serve you? And I think a couple of them are like, yeah, whatever, you know, like, and I, I get why people would be jaded about that. But I'm just like this eager kid over here, like, come talk to me. And the ones who have come, really cool stuff has come out of it from people getting into like our early access programs. Um, people are doing interviews about, you know, like early feature releases uh, on the days that it's frustrating to not to have structure and framework and certainty. Uh, the flip side is like, I'm in the formative stages, you know, like it's this like come pitch and come be a real partner that really wants to do cool things. Um, that's what I think I'm like most excited about in both internally in my organization and externally in the community to say like, I don't, I don't want to just do reports. I want to do cool new stuff. Um, that's like leapfrogging what we all thought we could do, um, in community spaces. Um, that's amazing. I feel like my head spinning, I'm going to go home and come up with some ideas and just send them to you. But send them to me. I'm ready. Look, I, I'm the ultimate like dreamer and like fan of just dreamers of just like, maybe it is naive, whatever. Like that's how things happen. Like, so put it out there, go for it, whatever it might be. Like you'll attract some really random idea and it'll turn into something you know, beautiful. And that's, that's how everything starts. If we all just sort of check the box, it's all we're going to ever do. So um, I sincerely hope that you get that. I know that you will. If not, I'm going to come up with something as well and send it over to you. Please do. Like I said, the suggestion box is like me sitting there. There's a box yeah. me, and I'm waiting and I'm, I'm eager. Well, thank you so much for joining today. This has been a fantastic interview. I really appreciate it. What I love about this so much other than just meeting you and kind of hearing your story. Um, you've got one is, is this idea that Y'all as a business are not just thinking about your impact on the planet. You're thinking about your your opportunity for impact, you know, how you'll shape this planet. I think that's amazing. And two is I think there's so much like practical advice here. And that's a story that just hasn't been told enough. There are so many people that want to do this stuff, but they don't know how, they don't know where to begin. They're nervous about not being perfect. Um, they don't have the budget. They don't have the support, whatever it is. They have a million reasons not to do it, you know? And I think just getting started in any way that you can is such simple, straightforward, and clear, but it is exactly how this stuff works. And so I'm really glad to hear that, that that's been something that um, that's helped you. And, and my hope is that this inspires other people too. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Alex. I really appreciate it. I have anytime if you if someone drops out, you need filler. You hook, you hook it uh, up. Guest host. We've never had a guest host. I oh, love, maybe we I, can do this. Crush it. I will crush <laughs> it. We will bring. We will bring all of my my. We can just go through my um, suggestions for volunteering opportunities, and we can discuss them. But thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. And yes, may everybody just go go run. You know, foolishly into something that ten reasons, ten thousand reasons tell you not to, but like go do it, go be the one to do it, and you know, best of luck. Thank you, I love it. Thank you so much, I appreciate it. Thank you to Annie for joining us, and thank you for listening. If you like this show, please be sure to leave us a review and follow this podcast wherever you like to listen, so you don't miss an episode. This podcast is powered by Green Places. 
If you're looking to reduce your company's environmental impact and reach your sustainability goals, visit greenplaces.com to learn more. I'm Alex Lassiter, and I'll talk with you next time on Open Source Sustainability.